Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Caroline. And today we are talking about a new baby celebration tradition. Can we already call it a tradition? Has it been around long enough to, for it to be a tradition, Caroline? I think in this age of the internet, we can call it a tradition already. Yeah, we're going to talk about gender reveal parties. They're also known as gender cake parties. And this is a little bit different than a typical stuff I've never told you topic because it's something that hasn't been around that often. It's mm-hmm. it's a pretty niche type of thing to discuss. But since we're talking about gender, babies, parenting, it's a lot of a cake Desserts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we do talk about cake all the time. Yeah, it's essentially an intersection of, of a lot of different common stuff mom never told you themes. And I have a feeling that there are a lot of people listening who are either planning gender reveal parties, have been to one, mm-hmm. or maybe hoping that they don't have to go to one. <laughs> yeah. uh, so why don't we talk about what these things are? Yeah, I want to start off by saying what they are not, because when Kristen suggested this topic, I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of neat. Like, that's not something I'd heard of. Thinking that a gender reveal party was when a transgender man or woman announced or debuted their new sex. I, I, I didn't, I literally never heard of this. I was like, oh, okay, so a party, once you've had like a sex change or you've decided to live as a man or... So, okay, that that also could make total sense. Yeah, but that is not at all what we're talking about. Well, speaking, though, of gender and sex, in a lot of ways, gender reveal parties are a misnomer. Right. Because the whole point of it is to reveal the biological sex of the baby. Yeah. So linguistic quibble aside, they're called gender reveal parties. And, yeah, it's when you find out what the baby is going to... Uh, B, according to chromosomal data. <laughs> right. <laughs> Put that on the cake. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And it's, it's funny how, how big they've gotten so fast. And it really is not to sound like I'm 90 years old, but thanks to the internet, these things have blown up. Websites like Pinterest have fostered this, this like kind of pseudo industry as far as cakes go, as far as, you know, Ideas for parties. Here, fill this box with balloons that are either blue or pink and then release them. Things like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, so according to a couple of articles that we found reporting on this in 2012, because it seems like 2012 was really when gender reveal parties came into the mainstream because mm-hmm. there were trend pieces in Time magazine, in the New York Times, in the New Yorker. And they reported, for instance, um, that over at babycenter.com, which is, as you can imagine, a very popular website for new parents, that by April 2012, the number of threads, discussion threads about gender reveal parties had gone up to 282 from just 28 the year before. Yeah, a lot of people are talking about it. And then if you go over to YouTube, so, you know, just in our society in general right now, everybody is YouTubing everything or Instagramming or whatever. And so if you look for gender reveal videos on YouTube, the first one dates back to 
all the way to 2008. And it simply shows the parents opening a sealed envelope containing the ultrasound results before friends and family. There were a a couple more that trickled in in 2009 and 2010. But in the six months preceding April 2012, more than 1,800 gender reveal videos were uploaded to YouTube. And this morning, before we walked into the podcast studio, there were 53,300 <laughs> results for just gender reveal party. Well, I mean, look at that. This was April 2012. There were 1,800. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that it has everything to do, though, with the Internet and with social media. Mm -hmm. And in terms of a specific origin for gender reveal parties, clearly, as that 2008 YouTube video indicates, there have been families that have been having these little celebrations here and there. But I think that the origin really has, you know, traces back to people seeing other people doing this mm-hmm. on YouTube or reading threads about it on a place like babycenter.com, seeing ideas about it on Pinterest. It seems all fueled by the internet so much so that it seemed to have started out as a very American centric kind of thing to do in the same way that baby showers are sort of American and they have now jumped over the pond, uh, we, we read a column by a very disgruntled Shoot. woman in the Telegraph saying, well, thanks, Americans, because not only did you give us baby showers, <laughs> now we have these gender reveal parties. And, you know, I mean, there was a lot. There was a lot of negativity about these parties online. And, and I was telling Kristen this, you know, I... When I started out reading about this, because I I was so wrong about what they were. And so when I started reading about them, I was like, oh, that's kind of stupid. But then again, I think baby showers are kind of stupid. But as I read more, I was like, who cares? Let these parents or families celebrate however they want to celebrate. Right. And I'm sure that your perspective, our perspective on baby showers and all of the the announcements via social media of the development of said baby inside our wombs and all those different things. Our perspective on it would probably change if we walked a mile in that womb. <laughs> well, know? sure. Yeah. If, if we're the ones having it, but also on the other side of that coin, if we were the ones being invited to all of them. Right. Right. But first, we have to give a rundown of what specifically a gender reveal party entails, because it isn't just parents saying, oh, it's going to be X, Y, Z. I don't know why there'd be three things, but, you know, (laughs) sure. Uh, So what happens, though, is that usually it's in the second trimester that the mom-to-be will have the ultrasound done to determine the sex. And around 80% of parents choose to see what the sex is going to be beforehand because, hey, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, we can start thinking about that. Thing inside of you as a person with an identity. And then parents who want to have a gender reveal party instruct the ultrasound technician to not tell them <laughs> what is inside that womb, but rather seal up Oscars style the results in an envelope, which the ultrasound tech then hands off to said mother, father, whomever to be. And then they go to a bakery and then they hand the envelope to the baker and they say, baker, in <laughs> Inside this envelope, you will find the sex of our baby, maybe plural babies. Please make a cake of either pink or blue coloring. Mm -hmm. Cover it with a frosting that won't give away what's inside of it. 
and put question marks all over it, maybe, if you want to do that style. Or in some cases, a really creepy fondant baby. Yeah, they're also fondant babies. <clears throat> and so then at the party, in what is kind of a brutal fashion, mm-hmm. you cut into a cake to see what color it reveals. Or if you don't have a full cake, some people choose to do cupcakes filled with pink or blue cream filling mm-hmm. of some sort. So you have a room full of adults biting into a cupcake. It's kind of hilarious when you think about it. Because you're yeah. like, oh, baby. Let's bite and turn to it. Yeah, let me take this giant knife. You know, I don't know. If this had happened, a friend of mine... um has just had her second baby. They're both boys. She was devastated both times uh, when to find out they were boys instead of girls. And I'm really glad she didn't decide to have a gender reveal party because I feel like if you had given her a big knife and told her to uh, cut into a cake to, to find out that her baby was going to be a boy or the second time around, a second boy, she might have stabbed somebody, like probably her husband or something. Ah, but people would also say that having a celebration for this moment could be a way mm-hmm. to ease those possibly dashed expectations it or hopes be. for having yeah. one or the other. Well, what I think is weird. So, OK, it's not weird enough just to cut into something you know, and determine a, a, the sex of the baby or or bite into something that's cream filled to determine the sex of a baby. But like a lot of times at these parties, people will vote. Yeah. For one way or the other. And, yeah. and that's weird. What uh, That's awkward when you're like wearing the pink shirt. And it's like, whoops. Yeah. A lot of times they'll do it to where when you, when you arrive at the party, if you're a guest, you're either going to be on team girl or team boy. And, or yeah, you, you might place a bet. There's all, all of these things involved with splitting people into the pink or the blue. And before we get into, uh, are we going, is our, our gender reveal parties like taking us way back in time now to where like girls are in a pink corner and boys are in a blue corner? Mm-hmm. Um, first, it's interesting though to, to see what some culture critics perceive as the motivation for having, it's almost like a pre-baby shower. Like why do we need another celebration on top of a baby shower? Yeah, a lot of people out there are saying that this is just proof that we are, you know, narcissistic, that self-involved. We just want another excuse to celebrate ourselves. And a lot of people are out there saying that the gender reveal party is putting the focus on ourselves rather than the future human that you're about to have and that we're celebrating. I don't know, almost that we're celebrating the wrong thing. And the New York Times was particularly snarky. They wrote, in a culture where many expectant parents feel obligated to tweet their pregnancy announcement, live post their ride to the hospital via Instagram, and Skype the baby's first smile, it's the latest example of one of parenthood's formerly private moments becoming a matter of public consumption. And also literal consumption when you're mm-hmm. eating the cupcake. or Delicious consumption. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Linda Murray, who's the editor-in-chief over at BabyCenter.com, thinks that it also has to do with that social media aspect where, you know, maybe m- expectant moms really want to do this because it will provide some fun fodder for their Facebook or Instagram accounts um, or kind of on a more dismal side to that. Maybe we are so involved, Murray speculates, with our social media lives that our 
real life, our offline life, is a little bit lacking, and especially when you're going through something that can be a bit difficult and taxing and exhausting like pregnancy, that this is a moment for us to actually have a good time and and do something fun and actually get together face-to-face with people where we normally don't so much anymore. Yeah, and I mean, the New York Times does drop the snart long enough to say that, you know, maybe this is just a modern way to savor the surprise, to not be stuck in a dark ultrasound room at the doctor's office and be like, oh, it's a girl. And you're like, oh, my legs are in stirrups. You know, instead, you're at home wearing your party dress, surrounded by friends and family, and you get to do something fun and, you know, actually make it enjoyable. Well, and vendors like bakers are certainly not disappointed by this trend at all because there are not only so many DIY ideas for gender reveal parties over on Pinterest, but there are also plenty of bakers who are now specializing in things like this, filling rush orders. You have entire commercial websites popping up just to um, fulfill the kinds of decor needs you might want for a gender reveal party. Yeah, and I mean, even Etsy, you know, we've talked about Etsy. Etsy's getting in on the game, too. There are plenty of uh, sellers over there who make all sorts of neat, artistic little items that you can have and feature at your gender reveal party. And I got to say, like, you know, Kristen and I went through the the Pinterest (laughs) search for gender reveal party items and... There's a lot of cute stuff. I mean, it's, yeah, people get really creative with it. Yeah. I mean, it, we, we were kind of poking fun at or not kind of we are we're poking <laughs> yeah. fun at the whole cutting into the cake and the cupcake uh, biting into cupcake thing. But there are also ideas like opening up a box of balloons, healing balloons that will either have pink or blue or shooting confetti or going to, say, a baby boutique and handing off the sonogram result or the mm-hmm. ultrasound results, excuse me, to a clerk and say, buy us a gender appropriate outfit to go with this. And then you open up the outfit and you're like, oh, look, it's a dress. <laughs> uh, it comes with baby lipstick. Well, you know, there are arguments against these parties that go beyond just snarkiness and the New York Times saying that people need to keep their private lives private. And we will get more into that and talk about other people's views of these gender reveal parties right after a quick break. And now back to the show. So earlier in the show, we referenced a column over at the Telegraph newspaper, and this, that was the one written by the, the disgruntled Brit who wasn't quite happy at the, yet another American export of a, a baby-related party. But she talked to Professor Kathy Warwick, who's the head of the Royal College of Midwives, who notes that there is a possible downside to having a gender reveal party because even though the chances for miscarriage drop dramatically once you're into the second and third trimesters, something could still go wrong. Warwick says that, you know, it could give women false hopes because even after that 12 week mark, there is still the possibility for a miscarriage or something happening. Yeah. And I mean, some people could argue that well, I might have my baby shower and then something could could go wrong. But I think the argument here is that these gender reveal parties are by their very nature so public mm-hmm. and so social media driven. Like I'm going to post it on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and Instagram. And so while it's not to say you wouldn't post all that stuff about your baby shower, but 
I think there's maybe a, a different cultural attitude maybe about these gender reveal parties. And some are also concerned at whether or not these parties are inadvertently celebrating gender essentialism of girls are pink and this, this and this and boys are blue and they're masculine, they're boys and whether or not we're sort of taking gender a couple steps backward in the mm-hmm. process. Yeah, somebody cited a study that had talked to moms who had found out the sex of their baby ahead of time while in utero and uh, asked them kind of the temperament of the baby. And moms who knew they were going to have a girl said that, you know, there were soft movements and it was like she was doing ballet in there and it was rolling movements and very peaceful and calm. Moms who knew they were having a boy were much more likely to say, oh, it was like he was doing karate in there and tumbling around and punching up in the air and things like that. Whereas mothers who never found out the sex until birth were more kind of evenly split on how they described their baby's movements in utero. And so there is a lot of that discussion about like, is this just another thing we're already priming ourselves and our future children to have to be a certain way. Exactly. That was uh, Deborah Siegel writing over at the Society Pages, and she was referencing that study on amniocentesis and gender stereotyping sort of lead up to her point about gender reveal parties, which is that they left her with the question of, quote, why all the what questions instead of who? Why gender and not sex? She's saying, shouldn't we be more celebratory and expectant of who this child is going to be rather than what so much it's going to be. Yeah, and it's funny that she brought this up because that is exactly what I was thinking reading all of these articles about gender reveal parties because, first of all, I was like, well, they, I don't know if they should go ahead and jump on the gender. It's more the sex that they're finding out. But as, I mean, many people commented under her piece, they were like, hey, a lot of people don't know to even differentiate between sex and gender. They don't see that dividing line. And then the whole what versus who, I was absolutely thinking that. I'm like, no, you you want to put a who to it, not a what. I saw all these cakes with like, what's it going to be? You know, well, a baby, a a human, probably going to be a human child. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that also does relate back to uh, your (laughs) your first inclination of a gender reveal party being a a transgender person kind of coming out and celebrating, you know, this identity that they're now embodying day to day. And to that very point, though, that is a, a bit of a problem, though, with this idea of like from the very get go saying pink or blue, mm-hmm. you know, and that because that's that, you know, that's just looking at things through right. the gender binary rather than the very well established spectrum that exists. Um, but Lori over at Feministing did have an interesting point to all of this. She saw a silver lining, which I was surprised mm-hmm. as soon as I saw a link to uh, a gender reveal party article at Feministing, I assumed that it was going to be two thumbs way, way down. But she said that, yeah, in in theory, it seems kind of silly and anti-feminist. But she says there's also a progressive message underlying those celebrations that no matter the sex, people are celebrating. They're Mm -hmm. just happy at whatever it's going to be or whomever it's going to be in theory. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, before before the sex is even known, before the gender is determined, we are excited to have this person show up 
and Donna Onesie in our household. But, I mean, if you scroll down under the comments under that piece, pretty much nobody agreed with her. Really? Yeah. Well, that's interesting because she made a you know, valid point of saying that, you know, we're living in a time when... Girls are valued so much less than mm-hmm. boys. And that's not, I mean, not that that's necessarily a new thing or anything like that, but just talking about how we have issues of sex selective abortions on the rise in India. I mean, even in the United States, you have sex selection becoming a multi, multi million dollar business with parents who can afford to pay for treatments going in from the get go and saying, listen, we want a boy or we want a girl. Mm-hmm. Which really could be an entire podcast unto itself. And if you're listening and would like to hear an episode on baby sex selection, let us know and we'll do it. Yeah, I mean that, I mean, side note, I mean, it's, I think it's terrible and scary to, to be able to do that. I kind of didn't realize the, uh, the reality of that situation. Oh yeah. Sex selection. But I mean, I, I, I hope that, uh, Laureate Feministing is accurate about her silver lining viewpoint as far as like people just being excited about the baby. Mm-hmm. You know, I hope, I hope that there aren't gender reveal parties where people are like genuinely sad. Yeah. That would be, that would be an awkward moment. I mean, like you said, if, if your friend had had a gender reveal party, it, it might have had an awkward moment. She would have, I don't even doubt that she would have cried. Oh, I can't imagine being, Pregnant. I, I feel like being pregnant and disappointed would be the combination of like physically the most uncomfortable thing and mentally the most uncomfortable thing. Yeah, I mean, my friend is far from the only woman I've heard of. Like, uh, my friend's mom, um, had her first child who, uh, was a boy, is a boy still, uh, had her second child who was also a boy. She was really hoping for a girl, got pregnant the third time. Was another boy, and I mean, she fell into a deep depression. Ah, yeah. I think we've got to do an episode on on baby sex then, because yeah, that's uh, that that definitely would drive home then Lori's point of hey, at least we're celebrating. Yeah, at least isn't this isn't this great? Yeah, but I think my friend uh, who had the two boys and my friend's mom who had the three boys kind of fit into uh, kind of science. Uh, you know, there, there was a Time article we read that, that showed that parents actually do have pretty strong, um, opinions about what they want their kids to be, who they want their kids to be. Yeah, they were reporting on a study published in the journal Open Anthropology, which came out of Queens University, and it confirmed sort of a long-standing anecdotal assumption that women tend to want daughters and men tend to want sons. And at least from these more than 2,000 participants in Ontario, that pattern held up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, um, I don't know. Maybe everybody just should have parties when they're pregnant. Just like all the time. Let's just have uh, parties that all, all the time, all the forever. Time. I'm, Kristen, I'm glad you exist. Let's have a party. But that is one thing though. If you are someone who doesn't have kids, doesn't want kids, uh, you might feel the same way that Lizzie Skernick over the all did at the prospect of gender reveal parties where it's like, Okay, you're my friends and I love you and I went to your wedding and I went to all the stuff associated with that. 
I'm going to go to your baby shower. I'm going to go to that child's birthdays. Mm-hmm. And I got to come to something else. Yeah, that's okay. A, that's a question. Like, do you get to have a baby shower if you also have a gender reveal party? Absolutely. Because oh, I don't come on. I really? don't. Well, I don't think people bring presents because you can't you can't gender stereotype pre gender reveal party. So you don't bring the presents. I think you just come and watch someone slice into a cake. I, you know, honestly, I'm going to go ahead and put it out there. If any of my friends who want to have babies one day are listening, I probably would not come to both. Yeah, I think uh, I think, you know, I am on a limited income people and I don't think I should be expected as a human person to have to go to every single party. Yeah, I think I think that the friends should definitely be allowed uh, get out of jail free kind of cards for things like that. Although I am I am sure, though, again, that there are parents listening who think exactly the opposite. Like, come on, come to my come to my parties. This will be fun. Let us have fun. I need something to put on Instagram. <laughs> Don't we all, though? <laughs> Don't we all? But I think it's an interesting snapshot of sort of where we are today in this or cultural landscape where so much is driven by social media. Mm-hmm. We pick up and spread trends so quickly through our Pinterest boards and YouTube videos and how we still, though, really celebrate the most like traditional kinds of norms. I don't know. It's like we're <clears throat> yeah recycling the old in just a new kind of way. And it was George Packer, speaking of traditions, it was George Packer over at The New Yorker who said that um, these parties are really a manufactured custom and an instant tradition. And he says basically that um, it reflects our narcissism and that we have moved away from traditional centers of worship, traditional religion and religious beliefs and practices. And so we, as the you know, YouTube and Facebook generation are kind of using our own fetus as an excuse to kind of publicize ourselves. And I I don't I'm not going to say that he's right or wrong. I think a lot of the critiques of gender reveal parties say more about the people who are critiquing them than they necessarily do about the parties themselves. I agree. I totally agree. I think that the, the reaction to this trend, tradition, whatever you want to call it, is as informative as the very events themselves. Yeah, a lot of people are mad about social media and therefore will be mad about anything that picks up steam on social media. Yeah, and and really we need also to do probably a, an episode about kids and social media and more the, the parents putting kids on social media. Especially since all I feel like all those apps came out not too long ago about like, you know, replace pictures of your friends' babies on Facebook with a picture of a cat. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean there's a whole movement behind getting rid of baby pictures on Facebook. So. Which I don't you know what, if I had a baby I don't think I'd be offended if my friend wanted to replace its face with a cat face. I love cat faces. Cat faces are great faces. So are, but so are baby faces. I mean, whatever. Some days I'd like to replace my own face with a cat <laughs> face just for a day to day. Well, now it's time for us to hear from you. Yes, you, a listener about gender reveal parties. Have you been to one? Have you heard of them? Have you hosted one? What do you think about all this? Because I especially, too, want to hear from parents who might take a more sympathetic approach to these parties 
Let us know your thoughts. MomStuffAtDiscovery.com is where you can email us. As always, you can reach out to us on social media as well, including Twitter at MomStuffPodcast, and you can message us on Facebook as well. And we have a couple of messages to share with you right now, in fact. Well, I got an email here, first of all, in response to our episode on women in hip hop. And this is from Erica. And I really enjoyed her typo in the subject line because as I also tweeted out when I received it, because it tickled me so much. Subject line is women in rap, W-R-A-P. <laughs> but she wrote, I found this podcast really interesting. I came through high school in the late 80s, early 90s in the Bay Area, and rap was huge. In particular, I saw Queen Latifah as an amazing role model. She didn't objectify herself and seemed so comfortable in her skin. It made a huge difference to see a woman like her getting it done in rap. And there were some other people who also tweeted us at Mom Stuff Podcast about how, yes, Queen Latifah and those other early female trailblazers in hip hop were so much about empowerment and and less about you know being objectified in any kind of way and that was one reason why they were inspired by early women in hip-hop as well so thanks erica Alrighty, i have a letter here from tara about our women and hunting episode she this is the first time she's ever written to us hello tara hello uh, she says, I'm from rural Maine, where many families hunt for food and for fun. While it is mostly men, there are plenty of women and children who hunt, too. Just two seasons ago, the lunch lady from a nearby school made the local news by bagging a 16-point buck. And she actually included links uh, to articles about it and a video and says that they feature some great Maine accents. So if you want to find those, bangordailynews.com and wbesnews.blogspot.com. And Caroline, I read the news article about this lunch lady who Mm -hmm. shot the buck and never before have I read something that was so celebratory (laughs) over this woman hunting when she, she brought this buck back with her to school because the kids wanted to see it so badly and they were asking whether or not she would she would cook any of the the buck for lunch one day because apparently she'd already brought in like moose and elk hmm. in in lunches past just for special treats and they had a photo of her with this buck and it was massive it was a 225 pound buck jeez and she was she it described how she just went out after work one day and got into her the hunting stand and was just hanging out playing solitaire to like keep herself busy and quiet and looked up and there it was. But I loved it because it in one photo caption described her as a local celebrity. Ah. So the lunch lady the huntress. That's right. I like that. So thanks again to everybody who's written in to us. MomStuffAtDiscovery.com is where you can send your letters. And there is one and only one place to go on the Internet for all of your stuff. Mom Never Told You Needs and Desires with all our podcasts, blogs, videos, and many, many social media links, including all new podcasts and podcast sources. So be sure to check the website out. It's got a lot of great stuff. And you can find it at www.stuffmomnevertoldyou.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. 